0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. What a week it has been. Beating San Diego, the Texans, now 2-1 with Carolina coming in. So we'll talk to the voice of the Panthers, Mick Mixon. Find out what he has to say about this. And Andre Ware is also going to join us. And I got a lot to talk about. Freddy's Frozen Custard, among the things I need to talk about. 16 locations, two new ones on the way. The new food truck, custom designed to bring the steak, burgers, fries, and frozen custard you love. To whatever event you have going on, Freddy's Original Double Steak Burger is a real game changer. So I got a lot going on on radio this week with John McClain on Thursday. And if you're listening to this after Thursday, sorry, but uh, we have him. We have Brennan Scarlett at Fuddruckers on Tuesday. That is coming up October 1st at Fuddruckers Greenway. Looking forward to that. He's never been on the show before on the Fuddruckers Texans Players Show, so that's going to be cool. But I'm most looking forward to the game on Sunday against the Panthers because what a uh, great opportunity. And as you might know, as some of you do know, the Panthers were here for the very first Battle Red Day. And what other things do the Texans and Panthers have in common? Besides Jake DeLome actually playing regular season snaps for the Houston Texans, and he led the Panthers to a Super Bowl in 03, that Battle Red Day season. Well, these two franchises are relatively new franchises in the NFL, And the same head coach ushered them into existence, Dom Capers. How about that? Now, the Panthers got off to a better start because they went to the NFC Championship game in year two. Oh, my goodness. How about that? But then they started to drop off after that. And the rest of the story is Dom became available to be this team's head coach, but unfortunately did not make it to a championship game. He's now, by the way, with Jacksonville as a senior defensive assistant. So he was in the building a couple of weeks ago when the Jags were here. Anyway, let's talk about Carolina. Mick Mixon, what a name. I mean, we had Matt Money Smith last week of the Chargers. He's the voice of the Chargers. And now Mick Mixon, voice of the Carolina Panthers, joining us. And I just wanted to find out how he was doing, so I asked him.
1: Well, better now that I'm on with the great Mark Vandermeer of the surely playoff-bound Houston Texans three of the last four years. And you guys look like you got a crew again this year. But I appreciate you having me on. Things are a lot different here across the Carolinas today, Mark, than um, if we had talked last week. That win for the Panthers at Arizona has uh, a lot of people's spirits uplifted. At last.
0: Well, Kyle Allen, a big reason for that, coming off the sideline and having the kind of performance he did. What's he like on and off the field, Mick? Kyle Allen's kind of just got this every man
1: calmness about him he not a lot of style over substance he just kind of a quarterback that loves football the ball looks great coming out of his hand I couldn't believe Wednesday's practice the week of the Arizona game mark I walked out there and just see just passes being completed and 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 he looks like he sees things instead of just kind of deciding pre-snap where he's going to go with the ball it looks like he's you know he's he's able to move defenders around he He'll diagnose coverages and get the ball, sort of be a point guard in a way, get the ball where it needs to be. And he demonstrated that same kind of calmness and leadership at Arizona, even after an early uh, strip sack fumble that, that could have shaken his confidence.
0: What about McCaffrey, Mick, because he brings so much to the table as far as what he can do as a running back, as a receiver, just a total weapon. Your thoughts on his performance throughout his career so far and what you expect on Sunday against the Texans?
1: Well, McCaffrey is a no talent bum. I mean, I think you should tell your coaches just <laughs> to focus on other, you know, other things for this game uh, because he's just about used up. He's taking, he's he's tired, and and uh, just, <laughs> I think he's wanting to just get a little bit of a rest for this game. But sure, <laughs> no, nah, yeah, I'm just. I guess you know, I'm kind of kidding you around. But McCaffrey is. I don't know how old you are, Mark. I'm. I know I'm older than you. I'm 61, and McCaffrey just reminds me of this any era. Kind of football player. He he's got a little bit of Walter Payton, a little bit of Barry Sanders, a little bit of just that that old school work ethic. Uh, son of a of a decorated NFL player, and McCaffrey is got the juice. He can catch it. He can run it. The Panthers can snap it to him. He can probably broadcast the games too. But I hope I don't hope we don't find that out anytime soon.
0: Well, you do have a guy who can broadcast the games, and that's Olsen. Greg Olsen does a good job at that. What has it been like with him playing and having this other career, if you will? I know some of that's been reported on nationally, but what's it like being around the Panthers to have a guy like that on the team?
1: It's uh, it's humbling. I mean, Greg Olsen is one of those guys that could be re- – he could be reading the phone book to you, and it would be kind of interesting because he's got such passion and so many opinions. And he, he sits down at the table, and uh, I'll, I'll give you a short example. At Arizona, you know, we fly out there a day early like a lot of teams do when we, that go three time zones. So Saturday morning around the hotel, Olsen's holding court at this round table, and he's diagramming the fake Philly special that McCaffrey didn't get into the end zone uh, on against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, so he's got salt and pepper shakers, a couple of orange juice glasses turned upside down, and he's just he and he gets so excited doing this that he he can't sit down. He has to stand up. So he's standing up, moving these chess pieces, talking about how this play almost worked. And um, I mean, it just time passes. Uh, time passes so quickly when you're in when you're in his area of dominant influence.
0: Mick Mixon, voice of the Panthers, joining us on Texans Radio. Mick, what about this defense? We see Luke Keekley leading the team in tackles again. So many names on this defense that are scary looking to the opponent. What about the expectations moving forward?
1: Yeah, I was just looking at your defense, too. It's funny you mentioned that because I'm, I'm kind of going, whoa, wait a second. Barcavius Mingo, Whitney Merciless, not fair. All these guys, J.J. Watt on the same team. The Panthers have a little bit of that, too, as you allude to, markets a high Q rating. Kind of a defense with with some marquee talent in there. The Jer- Panthers won the Gerald McCoy sweepstakes in the off season, and McCoy has been disruptive up front. I don't know about KK Short; he's still nursing a little bit of an injury. But the defense is sort of a hybrid defense. It's kind of a Hollywood defense, has been called by some of the the uh, the coaching assistants. That they can morph, they can change, they can be uh, they can be look like one thing, then become another. Sometimes you'll see an odd man front an even man front. The Panthers have even played some six DBs, Uh, just depending on what they think will take away what the opponent wants to do best.
0: Mick Mixon joining us, voice of the Panthers. Mick, last year was so tough for Carolina after the tough start. It seemed like the last win was such a relief. What is the relationship like between the town, the area, and the team right now?
1: Here in the South, football isn't just Something we do—it's kind of part of who we are. And people uh, on all these college campuses, and people that root for UNC, Duke, NC State, Clemson, South Carolina—all the colleges that are that are in areas where we pull fans from—all come together and pull for the Carolina Panthers. And when the Panthers are not winning. Nothing else is very good. The economy doesn't seem as good. The food doesn't taste as good. The sweet tea's not as sweet. The Southern Bells don't seem quite as pretty, although they are very attention-gettingly pretty. So even just one win, this may be a win in a crucible. It may not be the start of a trend. But even just getting one win with Kyle Allen looking like he can function has changed everything around here. This is an area that loves its NFL team and supports it with everything it's got.
0: What's it like to be around Rivera on a regular basis? What is he like as a coach, as a person, just working with him?
1: He played at the highest level. He was the linebacker on the 85 Bears. So it doesn't take much to get him telling some of the old Chicago Bear stories, and that's a joyous Noel when he's doing that. And I would say he's one of those guys that seems to sort of be an, uh, a good amateur psychologist. In other words, he knows that it's not its, it's not the, the, the train – To treat every player the same way, train left the station a long time ago. So he kind of knows which player needs to be cajoled and patted on the back, which player needs to be possibly challenged. Uh, He's got a very good feel for it. And I think the the players in this locker room, Mark, they want to do well for him, and they also feel like they're doing well with him, if that makes any sense.
0: Mick Mixon joining us. Mick, the rest of the division. We see Atlanta losing at Indy. They're going to be here in Houston the week after Carolina's here. We see what Tampa Bay's doing. Obviously, the Saints are a different team without Breeze for the time being, but they just beat Seattle on the road. So what do you think of the rest of the NFC South as the AFC South squares off against this division this year?
1: Well, you're going to see a good quarterback every every time. As the season started with Cam Newton, Matt Ryan, Jameis Winston, Drew Brees. It's different now, I know, but uh, but it's sort of known as and has been known here the last decade as a good quarterback division. And I think that the Bucs fly around on defense. Man, Tampa Bay hadn't seen Atlanta and New Orleans with my own eyes yet, but we watch them on NFL Game Pass and on TV. But the Bucs play defense a lot like the Texans do. They they really fly around. They play hard on that side of the ball. So. So I think you guys are going to enjoy it, and we wish you, we wish the Texans a lot of luck, especially against the greatly detested Atlanta Falcons.
0: <laughs> Who would you think is the favorite in the NFC right now? Because even though the Saints got that win at Seattle, well, Seattle looks a little different. The Saints are different, yet they just beat Seattle. I don't know about Dallas yet, based on their schedule. What do you think of the conference as a whole? Lions are unbeaten, but they have the tie, and Green Bay is 3-0, and but it's... Hardly complete. What do you think?
1: That's a good question. Yeah, Dallas looks like they're going to be a handful with that offensive line and with and with Dak Prescott playing so well. Cover of Sports Illustrated. I think that um, any. I mean, Sean Payton could take uh, a Pop Warner team and have a good chance at, at scoring some points uh, against uh, a, a high school team. I mean, he's just an offensive savant. I knew they were going to score a lot even with Drew Brees out at quarterback. Now, can they sustain it? We shall see. Have no idea who the Atlanta Falcons are right now. They had that great win uh, primetime the other night, but they look like they're kind of g- going good play, bad play right now. And I don't know. I don't. It's too early to tell on the Carolina Panthers as well.
0: All right, Mick. Hey, thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it, and safe travels here. We look forward to seeing you on Sunday.
1: No doubt, Mark. Come find me in the press
0: box. There's Mick Mixon, voice of the Carolina Panthers. All right, let's get to Andre Ware now. My buddy, who I do the games with and have been doing the games with for 17 years. We're in our 18th year together. My goodness, how do we look so young? Anyway, I started off this one asking Andre if this was indeed, this game against the Chargers, the best performance we've seen by Deshaun Watson.
2: Yeah, I think this is definitely uh, his best performance. When you look at uh, being down on the road to an experienced quarterback, uh, he didn't flinch. Matter, as a matter of fact, Phillip Rivers flinched uh, in that game, which turned the momentum in the Texans' favor. And Deshaun Watson, I thought, uh, stepped up, played well, took advantage of uh, of a mistake that Phillip Rivers made, uh, of mistakes throughout the uh, the second half of that game that the Chargers defense made and really played a phenomenal game. So I, I think it's, it, it's not even a question to me. That that was his best performance.
0: And defensively, you mentioned Rivers and how he performed down the stretch. The pass rush was relentless. They kept coming all afternoon, no matter what the situation was. That's a very positive development for this this football team right now.
2: Yeah, it was. I thought as a group they played well collectively, and uh, you know, said so the 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 result was someone coming up with a sack, pushing Rivers up into the pocket or forcing him off. His launching pad, and then you know someone else is there to someone's there to make a make a play on him. And I thought coverage uh, at times when they got pass rush was was uh, was 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 pretty good. That's the only area I think you come away from this game and uh, and you kind of scratch your head about uh, a guy like Keenan Allen had one heck of a day. Mike Williams uh, was a receiver that had a good day, but overall, thought defensively, hey, they made enough plays. Uh, to win the ball game. All
0: right, so what about Carolina? Because here we have Kyle Allen playing, throws four touchdown passes last week, and I know you're very familiar with his work. He was an Aggie, he was a Cougar, and now he's a Panther, and he's had an interesting odyssey. But what an opportunity for him, Andre, as he'll get the start for a while, it appears.
2: Yeah, he's a workhorse. You know, He's a guy that just refuses to take no for an answer, uh, got his way into camp, took advantage of uh, some opportunities, was on the practice squad, got moved up, and then started the uh, week seventeen uh, of last season when Cam was hurt, uh, and he's just gotten better. You know, he, he takes it uh, takes the job seriously, puts the time in that's necessary, and last week uh, proved proved so throwing four touchdown passes. So he is a mobile guy that can move around. Certainly not as big and as physical as Cam, but he can hurt you with his legs, and he's deadly accurate with the football. So it's uh it's been a nice you know nice nice to see him play well and uh, and uh, through all of really what he's gone through
0: What about Christian McCaffrey? What did you think of him coming out of college and what do you think of him now as the Texans get ready to face him on Sunday?
2: Yeah, he really changed my opinion I didn't, I didn't think he could be a three down back and a guy that could carry the ball uh, each and every every down and and he I knew that they would uh, utilize him in the passing game out of the backfield that's where uh, I thought he would really put pressure on defenses, but he's bulked up. He's added some weight. He's added some muscle. He can run between the tackles and all he needs is a crease. And then all of a sudden there's a tremendous amount of pressure uh, on the defense that mixed with some other pieces, uh, makes this Carolina team a, a very dangerous football team along with a stingy defense led by Luke Keekley.
0: Yeah. Luke Kuechly is impressive. No doubt. Let me talk to you about Greg Olson though, the tight end, Who's a good broadcaster? Yeah. Really good tight end. Really good weapon for this Panthers team. Interesting career for him. I mean, he's going to do a game for Fox this year during their bye week, and he's done this stuff before, and he's still playing football at a high level.
2: Yeah, I mean, kind of unprecedented, uncharted waters. You you, you would go to uh, well, is he focused? But uh, I think you know he proves uh, week in and week out that the focus is there, that he can manage. Uh, Two careers at once, or either, or, or rather, setting him, himself up for a second career. And I think he'll walk right off the football field, right into the broadcast booth, never miss a beat because he's putting the time in uh, necessary to do so. So uh, he, he's a heck of a weapon for Kyle, and uh, one that I think will work the middle of the field, the outside edges of the defense, and and certainly a good blocking tight end to go along with it.
0: Andre, we're joining us. Dre, now the Jacksonville Jaguars lost to the Texans last week, but they beat the Titans on Thursday night. Minshew played well, again, like he did against the Texans in a loss. Your thoughts on what they might be looking like here as the weeks progress, especially if Ramsey is able to hang around and play for them?
2: Yeah. um, You know, if, if they're able to hold on to Ramsey and, you know, kind of change his mind, I think Winning solves everything, or at least allows you to manage all the stuff that has gone on. If they continue winning, and it looks like the the, the Jags front office has no uh, plans on trading uh, Jalen Ramsey, so he's forced to play. And if if, if there are, they're still entertaining those thoughts. He can't uh, play any less than uh, than what he's been doing in terms of his effort and and his play. He cannot show anything less, and or, or teams just don't want to be uh, want to deal with him. But I think they hold on to him. I think he sees where the where the team can go. Uh, it was very positive last week, and uh, on, on, in their Thursday night game against Tennessee. And if they keep winning, uh, I think he, I think Jalen Ramsey Ramsey might switch courses. And then for Gardner Minshew, uh, he just looks like a guy that belongs. Uh, he's a guy that's just kind of living free and having fun, and and uh, there's no pressure on him whatsoever, being a, a sixth round draft pick. I think he's surpassed everybody's expectations. So that's uh, that's one to keep an eye on, is because if, if their defense played like they played against uh, play, played against Tennessee with nine sacks, they're going to be a dangerous football team.
0: What do you make of Marcus Mariota and the difficulty that the Titans are having throwing the football, protecting the passer, and that sort of thing?
2: Yeah, it's mind-boggling because. Uh, you think with what they've surrounded him with that he would be a much better football player, but it seems to be the offense, he's holding the offense back. And I don't know why, because he's a talented player, but it just hasn't clicked in Tennessee. I don't know if the scheme, the offense doesn't vibe or they don't match up with uh, with his talents, but it, something's, something's just not right there.
0: What about... Indianapolis, Jacoby Brissett. I mean, here are the Colts, and I don't, I'm not saying we were pronouncing them dead. No one did. Well, they shouldn't have. But they look pretty darn good, and they have the kind of record. I mean, if you told me before the season started, they'd lose to the Chargers in overtime on the road and then win their next two, I'd say, okay, Andrew Luck must be playing pretty well, and he's not even there. They're holding up very well.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, we knew what Jacoby Brissett was. I mean, he they, they've done an excellent job in terms of building the football team around uh, that position and he uh, he's basically got to step in and just kind of manage. There are plenty of weapons. And I don't know what the health of T.Y. Hilton is. I know uh, he was banged up at the end of, of last week's game, but they've done a nice job of, of adding to the running back room. The offensive line is is a good young offensive line that that will protect him. Well, and I think he is growing as the season progresses. So, uh, defensively. There's been some upgrades there. A uh, couple of the better, young, younger players on that side of the ball reside in Indianapolis, and, and uh, I, I think they're, they're not going anywhere quietly, that's for sure.
0: Andre, we're joining us on Texans Radio. So, Dre, in the college circuit, is there anything surprising to you? Any developments in the early part of the campaign?
2: Uh, I think, you know, every year when rankings come out, Mark, uh, you, you get the same Texas. At the top, the Clemsons, the Alabamas, the Georges uh, are right there. LSU has been maybe the, the most pleasant surprise that, uh, that I've seen in all the college football this year with Joe Burrow at quarterback. They have revamped the offense. Uh, he is a perfect fit for what they want to do and has made himself into an interesting uh, draft prospect by doing that. They have totally changed the culture on offense for years to come we've seen receivers that have come out of uh, lsu that have gone on to the nfl and had success but they don't have a lot of catches well that's about to change and at the forefront of that is joe burrow the quarterback who i, I think is going to be certainly an nfl player
0: what about your game with iowa and i assume you have a more favorable travel situation back to the texans homeland of nrg stadium
2: yeah, it is. I mean, much more favorable. I actually get out on a Saturday and get home Saturday night. Uh, they're taking on Middle Tennessee and was watching some uh, film on Middle Tennessee. It's an interesting offense that they run that actually could give Iowa some, uh, some problems. The question will be whether defensively Middle Tennessee can hold up against Iowa. Against Miami of Ohio earlier uh, in the year, they gave Iowa some problems and was in the game in the fourth quarter. Middle Tennessee is a more talented team than Miami University in Ohio. That's for sure.
0: All right, Dre. Thanks a lot. Safe travels. We'll see you on Sunday afternoon.
2: All right, buddy. We'll see
0: you then. There's my buddy Andre Weir. All right, that's going to do it for the podcast today. That's enough, okay? We've got other podcasts. Listen to them on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are available. And don't forget the Texans and the Panthers on Sunday at noon. And Brennan Scarlett, Fud Ruckers, Tuesday, October 1st, 6 o'clock, Greenway location. We'll see you there. Have a great day. Go Texans.